clones. Two Catherines, no waiting. Love it. Hello and welcome to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Aliza Ora. I'm Lisa Abigail. And I'm Lorena Rose. We're here to talk about every episode of the 1999 WB series Roswell, one episode at a time and spoiler free. Today we are discussing season two, episode eight, Meet the Dupes! Exclamation point. According to IMDb, this is the one where the punk duplicate aliens from the second set of pods come to Roswell to persuade Max to come away to an interplanetary peace summit in New York. This episode was written by Tony Graffia. This is the fourth of four Roswell episodes that she wrote, so we've discussed her in the past. It was directed by James A. Contner. Uh, this is the second of two episodes that he directed, um, and we've also discussed him. You may remember that he has worked on a number of other Joss Whedon properties, so his name may sound familiar to our fellow Buffy fans. This episode originally aired on the 20th of November, 2000. So in the previously on, they bring Brody back. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, okay, Brody. Remember him? This dude. Okay. <laughs> the the mysterious millionaire who is not Milton. Yeah. Yeah. Milton, oh Milton, I want you a dog. You showed up to work when slacking is the to us Milton and we also get the reminder in the previously on that there was another set of pods so there mm-hmm. might be more aliens running around and we find out pretty much right away who those aliens are as we see the clones the dupes walking around in New York City stealing from small business owners yeah. Not just stealing from small business owners, but like messing up all of their product. They didn't just mm-hmm. steal. He like broke the thing. So all of the produce went onto the street. Yeah. That's fucked up. This is someone's li- livelihood, you know? Yeah. Don't mess with those little Chinatown businesses. And then they steal a basketball from a random guy on the street. So really not doing well here. A random guy who did like hit on Isabel or not Isabel, Lonnie. Yeah. Right. To which Rath says... <laughs> Uh, the guy was like, you look good. And Rath was like, she knows it, which just really <laughs> bothered me. Also, the um, the second it, that the scene starts, that they like open up in New York, it's very clear that this is the year 2000. Yeah. Because it's before September 2001. Yes. And you see the Twin Towers. Yeah. That was like the most iconic opening shot for people to say, hey, this is taking place in New York. Let's right. just show a picture of the high rises with the twin towers right in the middle Mm -hmm. and to show that they're punk there's like electric guitar wow 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 um originally eliza this was a lincoln park song oh of course it was okay so this song originally was lincoln park the song is with you it's replaced in the streaming version from the band worked spelled w-u-r-k-t uh the name of this song is foreskin. Ooh. Nice. Ugh. 
such a great name for a song. Ugh. Well, yeah. And I okay. So the accents. We have to talk about the accents oh, that clearly demonstrate God. that no one on the creative team had ever been to New York, met anyone from New York, understood (laughs) what New York was as a place. Well, we already know that they don't have a dialect coach, right? Because if they did, Emily Jaravin's accent would be better. Yes. Speaking of, I wonder if this is why Emily Duravin speaks so little as Ava in this episode, mm-hmm. because maybe Barely like, layering accent on accent was yeah. just too much. They're like, you can't even master like a nondescript American accent. So we're just like not going to give you any lines to try and speak in a New York accent. You're just going to be silent. Yeah, she like really doesn't talk. So the accents also bothered me because I feel like, okay, yes, they're trying to do this thing. They're trying to sound like punk, but I also feel like they're trying to sound like street or hood, which is often just a euphemism for white people trying to talk the way that they think black people talk. And so it comes off to me as like a little bit racist, especially when you Mm. get lines like from Wrath being like, yo, give me the rock, G. It's like, oh, mm. yeah. Like, I didn't see it that way, but I totally understand where you're coming from because they are trying to sound like a street. And you're right. Street is pretty much a euphemism for black. Yeah. But I don't I don't believe that they, you know, used any specifically, you know, A-A-V-E terms. African-American no. vernacular English. Yeah. So they all have the four square tattoos, which I thought was really interesting. They all have a lot of tattoos. Um, mm-hmm. Ava I has approve. a very cute one around her belly button. I really yeah. enjoyed that. <laughs> I think Ava's look is my favorite of all of them. Like her hair, that little like cute bob with the different colors in it. Like she's, oh, adorable. she's so adorable. I just wish that bob, that wig was a little higher quality. It has that plastic shine yeah, it does to look it very more famous. so than the wigs that are more of a natural color. Mm-hmm. And that's a bummer because yes, I love her little bob with the pink and the purple, but it looks even more fake than the other ones. Maybe it's supposed to be a wig. Maybe she's like the Moira Rose of this group. And she just has a whole suitcase full <laughs> different of wig wigs every to day. carry around with different personalities. And that one is called like Rachel, it. but tomorrow she's going to wear <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> so one thing that I've always noticed about Lonnie, um, ever since I first watched this episode years ago, is the way that she like tilts her head forward. Yeah. I don't know if anybody noticed that, but she tilts her head forward in this weird way that, like, in my family, we call it the hairy eyeball. It's like you tilt your head forward and then you kind of look through your eyebrows at someone, you know? It's hard to explain. But if you've seen Lonnie, you know what I'm talking about. She also just, like, runs her her tongue then over her teeth. It's very, like, be intimidated now. Yeah. 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 Also, I wanted to ask, who do you think has the worst accent? Mm. It's hard to pick. I say wrath. Mm. It's just, like, it's so over the top. To me, it's, we don't hear him talk much, but to me, it's Zan. Mm. Jason Bear, <laughs> I thought, it was just ridiculous. They don't want the number two. They want the royal four. You mean like that? Exactly. Yeah. The number two. <laughs> I'm the man. Don't forget. Yeah, it's not, it's not great. It's like, I don't, what borough is that supposed to be? <laughs> also, apparently, punks don't wear sleeves. Yeah. Even in November. Yeah, New York tends to be a little chilly in November. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe it's one of their alien powers that we haven't heard about. Yeah. They could, yeah, just boil their own blood. I mean, Isabel melted that cheese on that taco or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure they can, like, keep themselves warm. She could create heat, you know? Yeah. 
They could just heat their blood level by a couple of degrees. How cool would that be? And they're talking about the summit, some summit they've been invited to. Yes. And at the summit, it seems very important that Xan slash Max slash the king be present. Mm -hmm. But they do not want this version. And I'm bummed Jason Bear didn't get to play with this character more. Elisa's probably happy she didn't have to listen to his accent anymore. Oh, no, I definitely (laughs) want to hear more of it. I love the ridiculousness. I think Jason Bear is great when he gets to do something other than, like, Surly Max. Yeah. But I am so thrilled that I did not have to look at that horrible, stringy, goatee thing hanging on his chin. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, I need to comment on that goatee before we move on (laughs) from this scene, because it is horrendous. I mean, goatees are generally bad enough. But like the the stringiness at the bottom, like oh, gross! It was like he was growing it out and then like forking it into little different sections. Oh, Why? So gross. Why? <laughs> so from from here we go to the credits and then we come back to a classroom where a teacher once again has gotten the notes that it's his job to tell us the the theme of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so he's doing a great job talking about how last week something terrible and sudden happened and there was a spectacular death of a star leaving behind only a black hole. Ooh. And Liz and Max are like, I do not see the parallel here. What could this mean? How does this relate to my life? Also, is this not the history teacher? Is this the same teacher? I'd have to look. Because if it is, like, if that, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's an all-purpose teacher. I don't know about you guys, but I had that in elementary school. And then mm-hmm. after that, it was just, you know, different teachers for different subjects. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It's like another white guy. They all look the same, you know? Yeah. But I think, I mean, his real job is not to teach any specific subject. It's to help max have realizations about his inner emotional state subtly without saying it to the other students but it's really not subtle at all yeah the other students are all so confused like why do we have this subject right now what's going on and max (laughs) is like i understand perfectly um may i just apologize to our listeners i really dropped the ball on the laugh count i think we dropped the ball on laugh count and we will go fix that and make sure we have the data for all of the episodes but I did keep track this episode, and there were a lot of them. Oh, okay. How many of them were sincere versus people laughing at each other? So there were seven, and wow, four of them were people just like laughing at the dupes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back into this scene, Liz follows Max out into the hallway and is trying to have a conversation and connect with him, and he's just like, no, you are spoiled now that I believe another man has touched you. I do see it as like that he's hurt and he's just kind of like sad about it. But here's what I the question I have about this. Liz is the one who said, I don't want to be with you. We can't be together. I don't want to be with you. 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 And then she's the one being like, hey, Max, like, I don't understand why you're so mad at me. Why can't we just be friends? Like, I don't. She's playing games with his heart. I don't like it. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Please remember, quit playing games with my heart. (laughs) Since the season finale of the last, um season and we're what on episode eight now this whole time she's been saying max we're not together max leave me alone max i don't want to be with you and as soon as now he's mad at her and literally doesn't want to be anywhere near her she's like oh but why can't hang out with me why can't we be friends okay so two things 
One, her cardigan in the scene is very, very cute, and <laughs> I think it's important to draw attention to that. Two, I get being hurt. I understand, like, he's allowed to feel his feelings, but he doesn't have the right to be mad at her for sleeping with someone else when they weren't together. You're right. So, mm-hmm. like, he's within his rights no, here absolutely. to say, like, I don't want to be with you, but I think it's, like, it's later for me, really, when he's more, like, when she's like, I don't want you to hate me, and he's like, just walks away. Or yeah. when she's like, oh, you need, I need you to trust me. And he's like, that's the problem, Liz. I'm like, this, that's what's not fair. Right. It's yeah. not like, like she cheated everyone, on him. Right. Like, it, and he did cheat on her when they were together. So, like, mm-hmm. calm down, Max. Like, minutes after saying that he wouldn't. Yeah. I feel like the issue for him is that, like, she was with Kyle and that's what's so upsetting to him. It's not like they broke up. He was fine being friends with her and talking to her. But as soon as she went out... Was he? I mean, they were, like, still interacting. Yeah, they still were friends. They still interacted as long as she was... They were broken up and she was celibate. And Mm -hmm. now that he has the impression that she has gone with somebody else, now it's suddenly not okay. And it's not like she broke up with him saying, like, I don't want to be with anybody right now. You know, she didn't say, like, I don't want to be with anyone and then went and was with someone, which I would understand him being mad about that. But she said, I can't be with you. So makes sense she would go be with someone else. Yes, she's allowed. She can Mm -hmm. do what she wants with her body. Absolutely. Um, But I do, I I do understand, like Lorena said, like, I do feel like she's kind of whether intentional or not, playing games and kind of sending mixed messages. I think she's trying to have it both ways. Like, she knows that she can't be with him, but she still wants to be near him. Um, And I get that, but, like, yeah, it is a little unfair to him as well to be Mm -hmm. like, I can't be with you. I won't tell you the real reason why. But, uh, wait, what do you mean you don't want to hang out and and be BFS? Yeah, and she's talking about, like, the stars burning out and whatever, you know. It being like their love burning out, but maybe it can still, you know, maybe it can still be there. And he's like, it can't. Yeah. Uh, um, then we go back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's how we know we're in New York. Yeah. Uh, Lorena, when you're walking down the street, do you just hear like ambient electric guitar music around yes. you at all times? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Wrath <laughs> is really excited about the Trans Am, and I am really not excited because his <laughs> facial hair is not as bad as Zan's was, but it's still pretty bad. It's like mutton chops. Yeah. He has like mutton chops, but they're but they're stubble. Yeah. Right. It's not enough because they didn't have enough time to grow them in on the tight shooting schedule. So that's probably like two days of mutton chops, you know, and he needs like a solid like week. You think you think that's real? Yeah. On here it's definitely real. Oh. And I think that's why it looks bad, because, like, they didn't have the luxury to really let the facial hair grow in as much as it should. Hmm. So it just, I'm sure that uh, Max's is fake, obviously. Yeah. That scraggly That would take a while to grow that long. Yeah. But I think the mutton chops are real. I don't know if they are. I didn't think they were. We should, who wants to tweet at Brendan Fair and ask if he remembers growing out mutton chops? Ashley? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the one who tweets here? We'll get an answer. Yeah. <laughs> also, I did anyone else like not know what a Trans Am was? I had to look it up. It's a Pontiac. Yeah, it's yeah. a Pontiac Firebird. Yeah, it's like a sporty car. Yeah. I feel so bad for Ava. So our version, Tess, is like an outcast and no one in the group really cares too much about her. And then their version, Ava, is an outcast and no one in the group really cares too much about her. And it's so mm-hmm. sad. Like, what is it about this combination of genes that makes everyone hate this poor person? Oh, no. Uh, It's so sad. So this, I, I like this uh, 
we get one of these Lani like looks that Elisa was talking about yep. where Ava's like, we're a family. And Lani is like, well, I'm banging Wrath and I was related to Zan, but like, who are you? Why are you here? And she's like, oh, that's right. You're here because I love you. And I was like, what? It's weird. It's definitely a weird line. She's like, why are you still living and breathing and riding in this car? Oh, yeah. Because I love you. All the while giving her like a death stare. Yeah. Yeah. Did they have like a secret love affair or something that we don't get any backstory on? So my most recent watch of this to take this episode to take notes, I had the captions on. I don't normally, I'm not sure why they got turned on on my Hulu. I don't know how to turn them off. But I always had heard that line when she's like, before, like, and I'm with Wrath and who are you? But I always heard it as, I'm with Wrath before I was with you. Why are you here? Because I love you. So I was like, oh my gosh, in this other, in New York world, uh, Tess and Isabel were in a relationship before Isabel was in a relationship with Michael. I was like, oh. So what are we calling this? Avani? Lava? (laughs) Oh, lava. 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 That's good. Lonnie would eat Ava up. And I don't mean it sexually. (laughs) But she would also probably do that. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> and be very aggressive about it. Lonnie's a top, and that's for sure. Oh, 100%. <laughs> also, very subtle thing that I noticed at the very beginning, when they're first walking around uh, in in New York on the on the street, um, Ava has her hand on Lonnie's shoulder. Yes. Like she mm-hmm. has her hand, like her arm around mm-hmm. Lonnie. Mm-hmm. Um, on this very old looking software that really is just a map, <laughs> um, Brody is pointing out that there is a blip and it seems to be in New York. Ooh. It's not really <laughs> clear like how he got this information, like what is going on, but there's a blip. I have a question. Remember last time we saw Brody and Max interact and Brody fired Max and then thought that he had come to the UFO center to murder him, which he had. He did. <laughs> what happened? How did he get his Something job back? happened. They're on good terms now. Yeah. Okay. And Brody is like, I have exciting news. The first person I'm going to call is this random teenager who used to work for me. Uh, because I think that we've both had abduction experiences, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Brody is just like, here's a person who might believe me. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why. is because, you know, he thinks that Max was abducted too. And is the only person he can talk about this with i think and then it's 6 30 on the dot time for dinner get out of here max leave it's dinner time leave you're not Mm -hmm. hungry i don't care leave why why is he so desperate for max to leave the ufo center he's getting Mm. a delivery his dinner delivery with no pepper jack yeah i mean as maria says a person who can't even get the cheese right doesn't deserve to live (laughs) yeah michael take note michael Michael also is, like, such a jerk in this scene when Maria's like, oh, Max wants to do this thing on Saturday, but, like, obviously I can't go. And Michael's like, oh, yeah, no, I have plans. And Maria's like, oh, that's so sweet. You're coming to hear me sing. He's like, no, I'm going to the dirt bike finals. I've heard you sing before. What's the big deal? Yeah. It's like, Michael, come on. Ugh. I know. It's like sometimes he's so sweet and sometimes he's just such an asshole. But that's Michael. I mean, I go see my girlfriend do stand up comedy, even if I know it's going to be the exact same set I saw last time. It's about supporting her. 
you still go. Yeah. And like, if you're not going to go, fine, right? They're not together. He doesn't necessarily owe her this. I think it would be nice to do as a friend. Yeah. But like, if you're not going to go, be like, sorry, I have a prior engagement. Not, well, I've already heard you sing. So who cares yeah. about this? And it's weird because like, you're they're not officially together, but there's still this like, you know, she's still like territorial over him and like, mm-hmm. you know, they still have like something. Even though Courtney's out of the picture. And he's territorial over her. Um, also, I'm pretty upset upset that Maria's not wearing her waitress from hell pin anymore. Ugh, Just sadness. saying, I didn't see it. I would love a waitress from hell pin. Coming soon, our hot and saucy pins. And then coming next after our hot and saucy pins that I designed, we'll do some waitress from hell pins. So nice. stay tuned, listeners. Awesome. So Maria takes this over. We have the very cute exchange about the cheese. And then she leaves before Brody can ask her. Yeah. He wants her to know what she thinks about our new president. I know. Poor Brody. Like, he thought that they would have, like, a conversation. And really, it was just, like, her ranting about Michael and him, like, trying to make some small talk that was and not successful. And then giving her $100. A yeah. hundred Which dollars. we'll find out later. $100 tip on a sandwich that was probably, what, like, six to eight bucks? Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's the year 2000. It was probably five to seven that's bucks. That's true. Yeah, that's Max. true. Oh, the good old days of $5 sandwiches. Ugh, yeah. So we go to the dupes car on this road trip where they are listening to country music. (laughs) Does anyone think that this makes sense for them? My thought on that was that they're getting closer to New Mexico. They're in the Southwest, and that's the only music they can find on the radio. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's the only radio station they can get. When I heard that, my thought was, Oh, they're getting close to New Mexico. They've only got country music on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess this guy that they stole the car from maybe didn't have anything good in his tape deck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is another music <laughs> change. Originally, it was Glenn Campbell with Rhinestone Cowboy. It was replaced with a song by Ken Huddleston called Hard Look, Hard Liquor, Hard Women. Oh, <laughs> what's a hard woman? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't want to know. Hard to get. So I don't know what don't a hard know. woman is, but I think I am one. <laughs> I'm thinking of it also as like hard, like I'm hard, like tough and like, yeah. you know, I'm going to fucking beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> or something. That's maybe they're talking about Lonnie. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like at this point it becomes very clear that they have killed Zan. Like if yeah. we were wondering before, why are there only three of them? We're sort of talking about Zan. Like at this point, it seems like, oh, okay, they've definitely killed him. But they still mm-hmm. save it for the end and make it seem like this big reveal, which, right. okay, fine. Right. Uh, yeah. There's so much exposition here. They're like, now, in case anyone was wondering, this is our motivation and these are the actions that we are planning to take in the course of this episode. You're welcome. Perfect. How convenient. <laughs> and then, apparently, now Isabel jogs. And Max yeah. accosts her in like such mm-hmm. an aggressive way. He like, drives and puts the car almost in front of her. It's just, yeah. like, totally not necessary. Does nobody have a phone? Like, they live in the same house. Did he have to do this? He's also so mean to her. And he's like, oh, what? You, you Jagner, your only exercise used to be the escalator at the mall. At the mall? Like, like what an ass. Also, you don't get yeah. exercise on an escalator. <laughs> I think that was his point. <laughs> I thought he could at least say the stairs at the mall, but what an ass, you know? I think... Max is right to have questions after finding out that Isabel is Valandra and that mm-hmm. she knew this. Mm-hmm. His approach, though, is so bad that I'm just like, shut your stupid face, Max. Why would anyone trust you after the things that you've done? 
You're giving no one a reason to think that you're going to be open and understanding and have a genuine conversation. You're just yelling at everyone. Yeah. And he tells her we have to be honest with each other. And I'm (laughs) like, what about all the times that like you not so much? I won't say like out lied, but kept things from Michael and Isabel in favor of sharing them only with Liz. Like, and you're telling her she has to be honest with you? Yeah, it's not cool. He's like, oh, there's been a special bond ever since we came out of the pods. I'm like, you have been being a jerk to her ever since you came out of the pods. Yeah. The one good thing about this scene, though, is the lighting. I don't know if anyone noticed the lighting on Catherine Heigl. It's like golden hour lighting. It's this like golden, beautiful lighting. At least there was that. Nice. You know what I did notice was that along this stretch of New Mexico Road, There are a lot of palm trees, Mm. which I am not a New Mexico expert, but I'm not certain that palm trees are native to the southwestern United States. It's the desert, and palm trees don't live in the desert. There's also a big tree that looks like a bonsai tree, but like full Hmm. size. I don't know what it is, but I liked it. It was a cool looking tree. So they obviously filmed like closer to their film set in LA, but like, here's the thing, like there's desert not far away. Right. It's not hard to get to somewhere that like could look like New New Mexico. Yeah. And in the next scene, we finally get one of our characters meeting the dupes, which results in him laughing so much. <laughs> yes. So this is obviously Valenti pulling them over and he just looks in and immediately starts cracking up. I That's it. so good. I love his reactions. Lord have mercy. What's with the hair and the outfits? So cute. It's so good. And I love the dupes like realizing and having to think fast and think on their feet that mm-hmm. like, oh, over here in this universe, like this, this sheriff is obviously friends with the aliens here like and so and he's figuring in on it. out quickly how to yeah. yeah how to cash in on that situation and get out of a ticket i love valenti being like you look like you're from another planet for once yeah <laughs> <laughs> so good and they're all like aha yeah okay this could work um i i think so their their lie about the party is cute but like he doesn't wonder why they're already in character using these awful accents and like man y'all went to right. a lot of trouble getting wigs and tattoos and like this whole new wardrobe okay i don't know at that at that age and like through my 20s and still now occasionally i will go very all out for something that is like supposed to be a loosely themed celebration situation <laughs> and i'll be like i am wearing a costume i am going full out (laughs) i think that their plan is actually like this is a very smart plan to be like so obviously we know where we live but Mm -hmm. we can't go there because there's this mysterious car packed up front maybe it's alien hunters sheriff why don't we follow you to our house that we definitely already know the way to yeah but let's do it yay but then you can help us make sure it's safe it's a good plan yeah Mm -hmm. and he's so uh so like tickled pink by the way that they're looking and talking that he's just like great sure whatever let's do it oh i love that chair Valenti is tickled pink in your words that is a very accurate description totally <laughs> okay why does max keep going to the crash down the- exactly my question he's trying to avoid liz yet he's Doing schoolwork at the crash down by himself. I mean, I would say he could go to the Chinese food, Mexican food mashup place. Senor Chow's? Yeah, but maybe yeah. there's like too many memories there because they went there on dates. But surely there must be a third restaurant. Or a library or his house. Yeah, he could just study at home. But he comes here 
We do not get to hear Belle and Sebastian here, which is a bummer. <gasps> that's another song that's replaced. Oh, it was Belle and Sebastian. What song? Don't Leave the Light On, Baby. Instead, we get James William Hindle's The Great Woodland Summer. Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. And Liz says, long before we kissed, we were friends. We talked. We laughed. And I'm like, baby, did you see the pilot of the show where you absolutely say that you not. did not do any of yeah. those things? They were not friends. They knew who each other, you know, like they knew each other from school. They were not friends until they fell in love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this is where she's like, "I look, I know I can respect your decision uh, to not like want to be around me, but I don't want you to hate me. And he just turns around and walks away. Walks away. Well, I mean, what else are you supposed to say? But I do hate you. Yeah. Well, you could be like, ah, give me time. You know, I'm feeling really hurt right now. I need to take a moment. I'm not ready to be friends. Yeah. I have realized I should stop coming to the restaurant that your family owns. And that you work at. And that you live at. I mean, that's her house. She lives upstairs. Yeah. So when we get back to the Evans house, the dupes are now here at the Evans house. Mm -hmm. They're going to... They're going through Max's room. They're trying to figure out what Max is all about. So Raph and Lonnie go inside. They leave Ava. They're like, bye. We're going to go do our own thing. Go sit on this car and look cute. Yeah. Sit on this car and don't say anything because you have an Australian accent. (laughs) The dupes make some like great references in this episode that like I wouldn't expect them to make. The first one, and this one isn't like too surprising, when they're outside and they first see the house and Raph is like, it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Aliza, I'm curious. You you mentioned a couple of references. The next one is to uh, how they must shop at Conway's. Did y'all know what that was? Because I had to look it up. No. I mean, it's a department store, right? Yeah, but like, I've never heard of it. What did you find when you Googled it? There are some in New York, so I assume that's why they knew about it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like, that, that was an sense. interesting choice of a reference for a national TV show. Um, but it, Lonnie's like, I told you, full cornball. Like, they just think Max is so silly. Max has a stop sign in his room and a no parking sign. Yeah. Is Max secretly just, like, stealing, stealing street shit. signs? That's what teenagers do, right? Also, Max has, like, a snake or, like, some uh-huh. kind of reptile. Yeah. What's in that tank? Also, they see, like, a picture of Liz or whatever. Ugh. And what does Lonnie say? Ugh. This Ugh. must be his bitch. Like, oh my god, that's it's just not necessary. They didn't have to have her say that. No. And she says it again later. Yeah. I hate it a lot. And also I hate when Lonnie's like, ah, she got nothing going on. And I was like, yeah, I do her. Stop. Stop it. You stop yourself now. Yeah, they really went a little too hard on these characters. Yeah, it was unnecessary. And Philip. Philip Evans. Love him. I know, we get a sighting. Oh my god. He must have been available and not not mom this episode. I'm so glad he was back from his business trip. (laughs) And he's and he says you look like a rapper, which like no she doesn't. And that she looks <laughs> yeah. like Queen Letitia. So good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dad. This lie is less convincing when she's like, I'll tell you the truth, I'm not really Isabel. I'm Juliet. We're doing a play. It's a yeah. rock and roll version. Like And he immediately falls for it. I like right. this lie. And I'm just gonna talk in character this whole conversation about the very serious emotional issues going on between me and my brother. Okay. She also laughs in this scene, um, when mm. he first comes up to her i think when he when he says something about like you look like a rapper i think that's when Mm -hmm. she laughs (laughs) and then he tells her you certainly got that jive down yes oh mr evans oh dad and he asks about uh what's going on between isabel and max which obviously Mm -hmm. they don't know but something about like silence at the dinner table and it's like i'm sorry what you guys eat dinner together like they sit down as a family and eat dinner together wow 
Some families do that. Yeah, no, my family did that all the time. But mm-hmm. Philip is never home, yeah. is my point. Like, their parents are never really present. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just because it's too expensive to have them both in one episode. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Probably. But this is where, so we had known that Max had gone to therapy at least once. But we find out that they're both, Isabel and Max are both in therapy. There's been a mention of Isabel going to therapy, although we didn't see her there. Okay. In, like, maybe the second or third episode. Because I feel like we see Max at the therapist, like, right at the beginning of the season, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a reference, like, from the mom about Izzy taking her therapy seriously and she wishes Max would. Oh, uh, okay. I can't remember exactly what episode. But, the, yeah, they, hmm. there's a discussion about Isabel being in therapy also. Well, Mr. Evans suggests that they do a session together. This is a good idea. This is yeah. a good dad. Good being, like, take care of your mental health issues, like, work out whatever is going on between you. But, of course, our dupes, because they're dum-dums, are like, oh, go into a shrink. <laughs> Max is a head case. We can use that. And may I say, in terms of a head case... Someone who's not going to therapy is more likely to be a quote unquote head, head case, case, which yep. like stupid word. Nobody's a head case. But if you're going to therapy, you're you're not because you're getting help. But I feel like back 20 years ago in the year 2000, like going to therapy was still really not talked about. It was still really stigmatized. Yeah, it was something that you didn't do. Or if you did, you didn't tell anybody about like now yeah. it's so mainstream. People talk freely and openly about the fact that they are in therapy and expect other people in their lives to be in therapy too, because we all need fucking somebody to talk to. Um, Everyone knows, though, that if you're not into therapy, the appropriate way to deal with your sibling issues is to just push your sibling in front of a truck. Yeah. So that's how Lonnie has solved her problem, with the help of (laughs) Raph. Yeah. Um, In case it wasn't incredibly obvious, please please don't do this, everyone. Go to therapy. Don't do that. Don't do murders. Don't try this at home. Yeah. Turns out that the tip Brody gave Maria was a hundred dollar bill. And she is pissed off. Yeah, she was mad. I I would be cool with this. If anyone (laughs) ever for any of my services wants to just hand me hundreds. Yeah, go for it, please. I'm happy to get a hundred dollars. Like, what's the problem? But yeah, I mean, you'd be a little confused if like, I think if a regular customer who clearly had a crush on you and like, buys like a $5 sandwich a couple times a week, all of a sudden gave you a 100 bucks. you'd be like, excuse me, what are you expecting here? Right. I honestly wouldn't care what they're expecting. Because <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not going to give it to them unless like, yeah. you know, you're like, I can keep the $100 and not go on a date with you. That's yeah. fine. You chose to give me this money. It's it's mine. There's no like, you didn't buy me. Yeah. yeah and she says that like Maria DeLuca is not for sale. And then yeah. he's like, yeah, okay. But he still wants to ask her on a date. I think the way he does it is cute. I Maybe a little cute. creepy, but mostly cute. I just think it's creepy because he's another man who's too old for these high school girls. Yes. I know we yes. haven't seen Grant in a couple of episodes now with with Izzy. But, like, here is another dude who is too old for a high school girl. Even if he's, like, a young millionaire. Even if he's 25, 26. Like, you still... She's 16, 17. Like, too young. In another 10 years, not quite so weird. Right Right now, illegal. Just because of how young she is. Yeah. We get our fourth episode in a row with an Elvis reference here. What is going on in this writer's room? Um, And Maria... Says, I think you're a little strange when he's like, he asks her out, he's like, What do you think? Um, But she like laughs when she says it. I think she's Mm. like, she thinks it's funny and and charming, not like, Yeah, it's like endearing. Yeah, and he laughs along with her. Yeah. 
And I mean, he's nicer to her than Michael is most of the time. So, you know, who can blame a girl for being a little bit charmed by the nice, eccentric British dude who gives you $100? Yeah. Super important observation. Liz has a sticker in her locker for Bewitched, the short-lived girl group responsible for such hits as... They had... Say you will, say you won't, say you'll do what I don't, say you true, say to me, say lovey. Um, I actually had their album and knew every song on it. I loved them so much. <laughs> yeah, that was their one song. Um, she also has a sticker in her locker that says, no whiners. <laughs> weird. Which, like, yeah, weird. Yeah, maybe it's like a pointed uh, message to Max. Yeah. Very well could be. Uh, I love this interaction until it gets horrible. Oh my god, until it becomes like completely inappropriate and yes. fucked up. But I yeah. love her response when he first comes up and she just busts out laughing at yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Like, yeah, of course, that's the appropriate response. Yep. Yes. It's a normal response <laughs> when you <laughs> see them. It's ridiculous. And even when he kisses her, she looks more like amused and confused than angry. Oh, it's so gross, though. Yeah, she's not angry. She's just, like, grossed out and kind of, like, hops away. Her little hop at the end is so cute. It's so cute. But, like, no, come on, wrath. I I wouldn't mind kicking it to ya. Ugh. Ugh. She's just like, yeah, kicking it. Okay, whatever. Uh, But, like, I hate... She's like, it's not gonna happen ever. And he's like, yeah, okay. And then grabs her and kisses her as she's like squealing and trying to push him away. Yeah. yeah. Like awkward, nervous, like miffed. Yeah, I really don't like that. And then we find out like she doesn't tell Maria about it and she also doesn't appear to confront Michael about it. Yeah. Like she doesn't go later and like if she sees Michael or find him and be like, oh, wait, your hair is different again. Huh, maybe this is a thing. But also like, how dare you? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely weird. She kind of just, like, lets it happen. And then it's just like, huh, that was weird. Michael must be having an off day. Whatever. It's definitely as bad that she didn't tell Maria about it. Yeah. Yeah. Not cool. Also, after he kisses her, uh, attacks her with his mouth, rather, (laughs) (laughs) he he says, epic. Ugh, yeah, it's gross. He's just the worst. He's disgusting. Yeah, I know. Love love Michael, despite all of his problems. Don't like Wrath. Yeah, and I really feel like Liz probably would have figured out sooner. Like, she's familiar with the idea of shapeshifters. I feel like she would have gone to like, hmm, something's off here. And would yeah. have talked to Maria, if for no other reason than this is so bizarre, right? Like, we know Michael and Maria mm-hmm. aren't really together, so it's not like she's gonna be like, oh, your boyfriend just kissed me. She's gonna be like, the weirdest thing happened. Oh my god, this seems so unlike Michael. What's going on with him? Right. Mm-hmm. Like something is wrong. Yeah. And now we head back to the UFO museum and uh, we're having our meeting now with everybody that uh, Max called and everybody's in the UFO center after hours, I guess. It has to be Saturday. That's why yeah, Maria yeah, said she canceled her gig to be there. So this is the Saturday yeah. night. It's been a full day. Liz hasn't told anyone that there's potentially another Michael. And why does Max have keys to the UFO center? I think he maybe works there again. No, I know, but, like, why? he's a low-level employee. He has keys? Oh, right. Or they just, like, open the locks with their magic hands. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, why the UFO center? Yeah. They could 
do this anywhere. The dupes make a really good point when they show up. They're like, it, it, it's like a freaking town hall meeting down there. Like, why yeah. did they tell so many people? <laughs> yeah, fair. Why are all these humans involved? Yeah. Fair. Oh. That's a fair question to ask. And then Alex shows up and sees the dupes and is so very confused by them. <laughs> yeah, it's too late for Halloween and it's too early for Mardi Gras. So what's going on? Are we like going on the Ricky Lake show or something? Alex, are these the three scenarios you can think of when people dress up in costumes? Also, like, do they look like they're dressed up for Mardi Gras? Do they dress up for Mardi Gras? Is this a thing that they do? Do you dress up for Mardi Gras, Lisa? I live in New Orleans. They live in Roswell. Is there a Roswell Mardi Gras? No. There could be a party. Any any excuse for a party. Whatever. Good for them. I would invite Alex to my Mardi Gras party anytime. Oh. Oh, yeah. Totally. And he very sensibly is like, I will run away now. Right. Another laugh in this episode is Alex laughing when he sees them. But then he looks and he sees everyone down there and gets freaked because he realizes he's like, I'm up here with, you know, Isabel, Tess and Michael. But then Isabel, Tess and Michael are also down there. Yeah. So he runs trying to warn them, but the dupes pop out and big entrance. Hey, yo, up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and th- someone initially is like, oh, shapeshifters, which is a very sensible assumption. And then mm-hmm. Michael remembers, wait, there were other pods and says like, yeah, we knew that. We just like didn't think you would look exactly like us, which, okay, fair. But like they knew that they were clones. So it makes sense that the other people are also clones. Would Yeah. Would right. just be more clones of, of the, the same, same person. I love Wrath, like. The, the three things he thinks of when people are like, New York, what? Is the Big Apple, center of the universe, amazing pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I live in New York and there is amazing pizza one block away. I thought it was really funny how like, you know, everyone's standing there talking about it and Liz like pops out from behind people being like, <laughs> but there's only three of you. But the way she just like popped out <laughs> from the back, I thought was funny. <laughs> Yeah, and Wrath is like, oh, yeah, uh, he he died in an accident. Oh, it was so dumb. We had nothing to do with that accident. It was an accident. Did I mention it was accidental, the accident? It was a stupid, yeah. stupid accident. And then I really enjoy this moment when they're all introducing themselves to each other. It's very cute. And then we get the, like, oh, this is Wrath. And they're like, this is, th- these are our human friends. And Liz is like, we met. Yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy. Yeah. Now it all makes sense. Why does Wrath want to talk to Max in private? Why do they not all demand that they all get to be a part of this conversation that affects all of them? I know, yeah. right? Like, like why I mean, did Max guess... accept that? I, I understand why Wrath would want to talk to Max in private, but why did Max accept that? Yeah. No, we do things as a group here. We make decisions yeah. as a group. Or we at least talk about them together and then Max makes the decision and makes everybody do it. Yep. But we go into the back room with Wrath and Max and find out more exposition. And there's these other aliens out there from other, there are five planets that the dupes know about and are somehow in contact with. I'm so confused about how the dupes know anything about their yeah, own alien so much heritage. Yeah. Who told them? Also, there's this conversation between Lonnie and Michael about like, well, you're the defectives. You know, yeah. they made both sets for insurance or like redundancy yeah. is what I would call that. So I think Michael takes one look at their wigs and is like, well, you're obviously the defective group. <laughs> and Lonnie is like, actually, uh, y'all are too human. No offense. But like, this isn't what anyone wanted. If it's true that 
our Roswell ones are the defectives, like, you know, why would they be given the, the information? Right. Yeah. They were just abandoned in the desert. Yeah. But then, like, why have Nisado with them? Like, did our right. group of, uh, did the dupes have their own Nisado? Did they have someone who was more responsible than Nisado who stuck around to give them this information? It's they very possible. Have. Like, who raised them? Where have they been living? They were On the kids. Like, what are they doing? Living in the These hood. These are questions. <laughs> I don't know if anybody noticed, but we do see Tess standing against the wall. And what's on the wall? A sign for rods. Rods. We see the <laughs> rods again. Love the it's rods. It's our beautiful rods display. It's so good. So glad that Brody kept the rods display. Yes. Rath tells uh, Max that he and Zan were just like brothers. He looked up to him. He wanted to be like him. And then one day, bam. And I was like, bam, you pushed him in front yeah. of a truck. That's <laughs> bam so indeed. So messed up. Also, there's this great scene between Isabel and Lonnie. And I gotta Mm -hmm. say, I'm loving Catherine Heigl and Catherine Heigl. Yeah. Two totally different characters. Uh, I thought it was great. No waiting. Also, when Alex comes up and offers a soda. Yeah. And this is another (laughs) reference. No three ways tonight, Opie. Maybe later. Love it. Uh, But before that, so Isabel figures out that Lottie is short for Valandra, and I was wondering then, like, are all of their names references to their original uh, names of the aliens that they were cloned from? And if so, like, Ava seems like a name on its own, but maybe maybe it's, like, Avalalux. And, like, what would (laughs) Xanadu is my immediate assumption. Well, because, yeah, Xan and Wrath don't really sound like human names to begin with. So they're... Wrath Rathington Third, Wrathborn. <laughs> Wrathbone. Ooh. Wrathbone. So many good ones. Xanax. <laughs> uh, Isabel lets slip that she has not told Max or anyone about the betrayal of... Mm-hmm. That, that Valandra committed back in their previous life, and Lonnie stores that one away for later. Oop, yep, yep. So I, this is, we st- we start to get on this track of like, okay, we need to go to this summit and be involved with the other aliens so that we can get back to our home planet. So like, is that the mm-hmm. goal? Like, are the other aliens able to travel between Earth and their planets, and they're gonna help our four, even though they're at war with them on their home planets, they're and trying our to make peace. dead at home. That's I don't what understand. the summit is for. It's try- It's like a peace summit. They're trying to make peace. Yeah. Right, but like, are they ruling their planets from Earth? Or are they just like, popping in for a minute and then they're gonna go back and they're gonna take I don't know. our four to like, reinstall as the rulers as a peace gesture? I guess we'll see. Okay. <laughs> This is a to-be-continued. So. Yeah, true. it's true. So Wrath and Max are talking and, like, you know, Wrath, quote-unquote, explains the history of the and, and the war and stuff. And he, he really explains nothing. He's like, mm-hmm. there was a revolution. The royals were killed. And it's been a war zone ever since. Yeah. But, like, why was there a revolution? Like, what was the, you know, yeah. what was, like, the mission of the revolution? It's why just... were the revolutionaries fighting against the royal right. family? Why did they want to overtake them? I mean, presumably because Max Zan was a shitty ruler. Yeah, and right. where did the uh, betrayal play into this? And, like, the the Michael followers, like Courtney was talking about, all these different mm-hmm. factions. Mm-hmm. I want to learn more about the sociopolitical situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he really didn't give much information. Michael is sitting under a sign that says, are they still here? Because yeah, I wrote that down, too. Because the show abhors subtlety. <laughs> 
Yes, they are. They're sitting right They're here. Right in front of you. And then I wrote, Eva doesn't talk much. No, poor Eva. <laughs> Which we Ava. talked about earlier. Yeah. Max says, well, here we are. And Isabel says, and there we are. <laughs> uh, clones. So they spent the entire <laughs> night in the UFO center, and I don't quite yep. understand why. Talking, 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 talking. But suddenly it's sunrise. Yep, Brody is coming into work at 7.30 on a Sunday morning. He got shit to do. That's where his office is. Weekends are big for museums. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, good for him for just being up and at him so early. Yeah. Some people are early risers. I don't understand those people, but they exist. (laughs) Maria is correct in being like, why didn't you tell me this? And Liz is like, can you just get over it? Like, what the? Yeah, that... it was weird, and I thought it was also, like, not very characteristic. No. Yeah. It's like, you thought that my on-again, off-again boyfriend kissed you, and you didn't tell me about it? Like, it turns out he's not my boyfriend, but you thought he was when he did that. Like, Yeah. She's being a shitty friend. Yeah. And, yeah. and then Liz is like, this isn't important. I need to talk to you about my own thing because that's more important. But I can't actually talk to you about it because yeah. I don't want to give you any details about this thing. So, like, shut up about the thing you're upset about so that I can talk about this thing that I'm not actually going to tell you about. And yeah. Maria's like, so that makes no sense. Right. Thanks for that. And Alex saves us all by being adorable and being like, oh, how long have I been asleep? Oh, I love Alex. <laughs> I'm so glad he was in this episode. Yeah. Like, the first half... You know, I you think he's not going to be there, but Alex comes in and he's always great yep. with his sleeping and his sodas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and his supreme embarrassment at even the mention of a three-way. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. The way he walked away was so funny. Was so cute. <laughs> when Brody comes in, the other dupes sensibly go hide and Wrath is just like, no, I want to be a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Why? So he comes out and Michael is like, oh, yeah, this is my twin brother, Bob. 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 This guy looks like a Bob. (laughs) Wrath is like, oh, yeah, I live in New York. And Brody says, well, that explains the hair. I'm like, does it, Brody? Does Does it? it? Yeah. Have any of you ever been to New York, heard of New York, seen a picture of New York? (sighs) And Maria saves the day by distracting him into a date. Yeah, into a breakfast date. Mm-hmm. What do we think about that? Is that like kind of gross? It's kind of gross. And also yeah. it's weird that Brody is then just like, okay, y'all just stay in my museum as long as you want. Yep. Because I have a teenage girl to be with. But... Yeah. So I have a date with this underage hottie. Yeah. Wrath says, you want me to kill him for you? And Michael's like, I'll get back to you on that. And I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> They're bonding. And then I was like, wait. No, that's not cute. Michael has no claim over Maria. Right. Michael's been rejecting all of Maria's advances. No. Like I was saying before, like, they're not together, but they both still have this, like, you know, claim on each other that they think they have. You know, they're still, yeah. like, territorial. It's that thing where they're like, we can't be together, but you better not be with anyone else. Which is kind of what Max had going on, too. Brody uh, goes to the very classic first date question. Do you believe in God? Yeah. yeah. What? What? <laughs> We gotta know where we all stand on things here. Oh, Brody. Also, did okay. you guys notice there's another waitress there? Ooh. Well, there there has to be because Maria and Liz aren't working right now and yeah. Courtney's dead. No, I just love seeing like random waitresses at the crash down. <laughs> and, and Agnes probably got fired a long time ago for taking yeah. too many smoke breaks. She was a bad employee. 
Also, she's an adult, and we know that adults on this show are, like, kind of flaky. Yeah. Um, Brody then asks if uh, Maria believes in aliens, and she says, why not? I'm dating one. Oh, just kidding. Why would she say that? Yeah. She's dating him, I get. Like, does he think she means him? What is this? Like, what, in his mind, what would she be referring to? But he just brushes over it and is like, oh, you Googled me. Oh, so you found out I'm a wacko. And she's like, oh, I found out you're a good looking millionaire. Mm-hmm. Hey. But Brody says he's been missing time. And if he disappears, it's not because he's ghosting her. It'll be because he's been abducted. I'm really curious if they're laying the groundwork for something. It is a to be continued episode. We shall see. He is very pleasantly surprised that Maria believes him about this. And she says, Mm -hmm. if there's one thing living in Roswell has taught me, it's that anything can happen. Yep. Cute. So it becomes clear that they're planning to bring Max with them, whether he wants to come or not, which is what Lonnie says. Bound up in the trunk of the car, if necessary. Yeah, Yeah. basically saying that they're just going to kidnap him if he doesn't come willingly. Ava's bothered by that. So she like gets up and walks away when they say that. Obviously doesn't want to be a part of that bullshit. Yeah. Lonnie, um, you know, sucks and is trying to start shit and uh, tells Max about Velandra and Kavar and how she, you know, betrayed them and uh, that she was the Benedict Arnold. <laughs> yeah. So another like fancy reference. She does it all under the guise of uh, it's just tearing me up inside that I never got to come clean with my brother before he tragically died. So let me tell you instead and unload this off my chest. Bitch. She does a really good job of manipulating him, though, because yeah. she's not like, oh, has Isabel told you this? She's like, you're so lucky Isabel has confided this in you. Valandra yeah. is like this demon that I carry around inside of me. Oh, it's so nice that you and your sister are so close and she's shared all of these things with you already. Like, it's she's yeah. laying it on a little thick. Mm-hmm. But Max, like, laps it all up. I and mean, she knows what she's doing. Like, she's good mm-hmm. at manipulation, it seems. Yeah, I, I, this, there is one weird line in here where Max says, like, oh, Isabel would never betray me. And she says, of course not. Just like I never would have shafted Zan. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I don't know what you consider pushing around in the middle of the street and having him run over, but uh, it's pretty shafty yeah. to me. Yeah. And then we get Max accosting Isabel yet again. And like a pretty intense fight between them. You know, so he aggressive. yells at her, she yells back, you know? You treat everybody like they're your property. Yes. You know, I, and she like calls himself centered and he grabs her. He like yeah. grabs her arm, which is when uh, Michael, who we later find out is not Michael and she's also not Isabel, comes in and and uh, Max says he's going. He says he's going to New York. Yeah, more really great line deliveries here from Katherine Heigl. I'm very bummed that this isn't real Isabel because real Isabel needs to say some of these things to Max. Yeah. Like, yeah, all Max cares about is himself and Liz. And yeah, Max is no king. He is a self-centered, self-indulgent little boy. And it's about time someone told him that. So I'm really, I'm sad for Isabel that she didn't get to have this moment. I know. I was, I was like proud of her, but then it's not her. It's not her. Um. So like, Max is again a jerk to Michael. Michael's like, this is a bad idea. Max is like, well, then I know it must be a good one. And then they like shift back and have this, to me, very gross open mouth. Oh, so lots sloppy. Lots of tongue make out. But they like shift. They, they're able to shift their hair, makeup, tattoos, and accessories, but not their 
actual clothing. They're like, let's go get out of these clothes. I'm like, right. Bizarre. Liz is sitting in her bed, pining away for Max, looking at an old photo strip. What a bummer. Oh, poor Liz. And then he shows up and she's like, yeah, oh no. Time to get your heart crushed again, Liz. Yep. Because he wants a clean break. And and gives back their special Swiss Army <laughs> knife that yeah. she got engraved for him. For Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's a what weird a present. What a weird gift. That's not romantic. Also... Bad luck in many traditions to give someone a knife as a gift. There really? is this like okay, so I learned this. I didn't know that from Ewan McGregor. There is this show that's like Ewan McGregor and his friend drive motorcycles around the world and talk. Yeah, sort of. Mostly, it's just the motorcycles. My partner is very into this, so we've been watching <laughs> it, and like they stop in places along the way. And so one of the things, like someone tries to give him a knife, and in exchange, he gives the person a penny. Because there's, like, a whole thing that it's very bad luck to give someone a gift, a gift of a knife. So you have them give you, like, a tiny token in exchange. So that you And I think it. that's probably the reason that Liz and Max's relationship didn't work out. It's because she gifted oh, him Oh, because she gave him a knife. Yeah. It's bad luck. So now, now we, we get it. Um, and Liz tells him about, like, the Grand Lith is dangerous, blah, 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 blah. You have to, you have to trust me. But also, like, how would she know that? Well, she knows from future Max, but she right, can't Right, but that's tell what I'm saying. That. Like, he, yeah. you know, how would she possibly know? Like, in his mind, yeah. how, how could mm-hmm. she know? Well, yeah. right, and that's why she's like, you need to trust me. And he's like, mm, no, that's bye. the problem. I'm going to New York. I don't know if I'm coming back. Hope my parents are cool with that. What? Tess, Max. Tess is coming, too. Yeah. yeah. So, like, but she Tess- doesn't have any parents, so it's fine. Sheriff Valente is going to want to know where she's going. <laughs> Max has parents. They're both enrolled in school. You don't get to just go to New York for an indefinite period of time. Right. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Why is Tess going? Was Tess invited? If Ava had gone, would there just have been two people who looked like that on this yeah. trip? Going to the summit? Tess is going because she like cannot stand being away from Max. Ugh. Yeah. And Max doesn't trust Liz anymore. And he doesn't trust Izzy right now or Michael because they both ganged up on him. Or, I mean, ganged up on him, but it was really Wrath yeah. and, right. and Lonnie. So Tess is right now the only one he trusts. And also they went on that date and she wore that low-cut top and he was so Ooh. into it. Mm-hmm. Also, a Trans Am is a small car. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Them, like, I mean, going cross-country and, like, initially Ava was going to be in there, too. It was going to be five people cross-country yeah. in a tiny car. Yeah, why not take the Jeep? The Jeep probably gets shitty gas mileage. Yeah. They took it all over Tarnation when they went on road trips before. All over Tarnation. Uh, we get this flashback before they leave that gives us our confirmation that they are murdery murder folk, except for Ava, who is very clearly not in on the plan. And not down with the murdery murder. So she decides she's going to stay in Roswell. Yeah, and uh, Wrath slips up a little bit and starts to threaten her and then is like, oh, no, can't do that in front of Max. I mean, no, it's cool. You don't want to come. You don't have to come. I respect your decision. Yeah. To be continued. To be continued. Yeah. So in this book, Roswell High Times, that I often read through to get little tidbits, uh, there's a mention of a critique that uh, Susan Kuhn from IGN Sci-Fi, whatever that is, uh, gave to this episode where she says, in the grand tradition of punk-ass evil twins, this episode <laughs> gives us streetwise skankified doppelgangers of Max, Isabel, Michael, and Tess. These kids are mean, man. They spit and curse. <laughs> 
Bizarro Michael sports even worse hair than good Michael. hey <laughs> A mullet mohawk. Accurate. Bizarro Isabel has a vague Brooklyn tough girl accent. I would say they all do. Bizarro <laughs> Tess just looks extremely uncomfortable, all biting her lip and thinking, when do I get my pretty hair back? <laughs> <laughs> Love oh, it. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, I like her hair, even if it is a weird plastic yeah. wig. But... Yeah. Yeah. Skinkified. Right? What a word. Wow. So do we have any unanswered questions that we have not gone over yet? I feel like we talked a lot about them. Yeah. There are definitely lots of unanswered questions, though. Uh-huh. But I think that some of them, at least, are going to be answered in part two of this to be continued. So. Right. Like we're sp- supposed to have unanswered questions right, right now. Yes. So here's one that I had that I don't know if we'll get an answer to. Why didn't their alien hollow mom tell them any of this? <laughs> like she gave a little background and here's what's happening on our planet. But like BT dubs, there's also a bunch of other planets who have people on Earth or who are capable of traveling to Earth. So like, look out for that. Right. <laughs> also, do we think that there will be skins at the summit? Or did our pod squad, like, genocide all of them? Or is there, like, another planet where that same race exists and so we'll get to see them, ooh, in their true form? I would be into that. Ooh. But their true form can't uh, survive on in Earth's atmosphere. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they'll, like, be on a, you know, on a Skype call. They'll just Skype For sure. <laughs> yeah. And then my last question is, did Max learn nothing from Wipeout about appreciating the people in his life? Oh, my God. Like, all of the humans appeared. We had this moment where we were like, oh, mom's back. Yay, we love mom. But, like, he didn't take from this that he should be nicer to Isabel and not be emotionally abusive to everyone in his life. Get it together, Max. Nope. Nope. Max has learned nothing from anything. Mm. So do we all have thoughts this week about hot and sussy? <sighs> Now let's see who's hot and saucy. My hot and saucy is the moment with two Isabels. It's after uh, Lonnie is like, no threesomes tonight to Alex and Alex like leaves. But then both Isabel and Lonnie, so to Catherine Heigl's, they have these, like, identical little, like, sly, sexy looks on their faces. These little, like, and smirk. Yes. Yeah. And that's my hot and saucy is I love that, it. like, to Catherine's no waiting moment. That's a good one. I saw that little smile, too. It's a great moment. Mm-hmm. Alisa, what's yours? I'm torn between two. Because there's one that's hot and there's one, that, one that's saucy. The one where Isabel is not Isabel... But Lonnie is, like, talking back and, like, not taking Max's shit, bullshit. Mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. It would have been better if it were actually Isabel. Yeah. And then also, like, the moment I talked about, the subtle thing where Ava has her arm on Lonnie's shoulder. It's like a subtle mm-hmm. little hot moment. Subtle little sexiness. Yeah. I like it. Leftover from their, you know, past relationship. Yeah. I was going to say the saucy moment when uh, Faux Isabel is giving Max a hard time, justifiably so. So I'm going to have to think of something else. I just test. Tess, Tess and, and I'll turn to Tess. Tess takes a stand like she's going for what she thinks is right. And Ava is going for what she thinks is right. And so they're both standing up for themselves and doing what they think they need to do to feel good about themselves or achieve their destiny or whatever it is. So... 
that's kind of hot and saucy. Good for them. I like it. So one last order of business, we have to cover Lisa's predictions. Mm -hmm. So Lisa, based on the next episode title, Max in the City, what do you foresee happening? Well, I think that if our dupes killed Xan just for one time being like, yo, I'm the man, Max is not even going to make it out of New Mexico alive. They're going to murder him (laughs) so hard. So he either dies or maybe learns a lesson, or maybe he just goes to New York and learns nothing, and then I'm sad forever. Womp womp. <laughs> we'll see. And I hope I hope that Tess gets a good moment in New York, since we didn't get to hear a lot from Tess or Ava in this episode. I hope yeah, that she gets one. to do a little bit more and take on a more active role. Cool, cool. Go Tess. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode. We're taking a short holiday break, so we'll be back Tuesday, January 5th with Season 2, Episode 9, Max in the City. While we're on our break, you can follow along with us on Twitter and Instagram at Roswell Hot Sauce or at Facebook.com slash Roswell Hot Sauce. As always, you can find show notes and more information at RoswellHotSauce.com and you can email us at RoswellHotSauce at gmail.com. Pass the Hot Sauce is produced and edited by Ashley Hullett. Our theme music is by David Belcourt, and our logo was designed by Billy Murray. Until next time, remember... That's why a person who can't even get the cheese right does not deserve to live.